If you'd please take your copy of the Scriptures and turn with me to the second epistle of Peter, Second Peter chapter 1. Our friends over in England, they say to Peter. We say Second Peter here in the United States, but however you want to pronounce it, Second uh, Peter. We're going to read his initial greeting to that congregation. Hear God's word. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, we cannot understand this passage nor appreciate it unless your Holy Spirit works it deep into our heart. So we ask you to open up our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your Word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, there, There are many things in this world that are precious to us. Uh, some of those things are very tangible, they're very physical, they are uh, very touchable. You can look at them and you can hold them, your homes, maybe a piece of jewelry. Uh, some things are precious that you have a hard time describing. About three or four weeks ago, my three-year-old granddaughter uh, climbed up in my lap in my den and she looked me in the eye and she said, Pops. I love you. That was precious. Now, she was precious. Uh, other things that we have in life are precious to us, but they're intangible. Like citizenship and health and friendships and various relationships. But in the passage that is before us this morning, the Apostle Peter tells us about the most precious thing in the whole world. It's our precious faith. Uh, He says that he's writing this to those who have attained a faith of equal standing, but that term equal standing means a precious faith. You could translate it a like precious faith. A faith in Jesus Christ is the most precious thing in the whole world. Now, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who is probably the greatest preacher of the last century, once wrote these words. Think about them. God looked upon us from heaven and singled us out. Why are you a member of the Christian church? Why are you not like the millions who are unconcerned about the gospel? Why are you different? It is because God called you and God gave you faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. He knows us. He's concerned about us. He's placed His almighty arms around us and He has given to us precious faith. In the few moments that I have this morning to open up the Word of God to you, I want to talk to you this morning about our precious faith. 
And I want you to consider with me this morning under three points. That this precious faith is distinguished by its opulence. I'll define that in a moment. By its origin and by its object. By its opulence, by its origin, and by its object. In the first place, faith is distinguished by its opulence. When he says to those who have attained a faith of equal standing as ours, or it could be translated a like precious faith of ours, he's showing us something that it is beautiful. It is full of affluence and wealth and riches. It's precious. Now, why is it precious? Well, it's precious in the eyes of God. It's precious wherever He sees it. When He sees a person of faith, it pleases God very, very much. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, Without faith it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to Him must believe that He is and that He's the rewarder of those who seek Him. Uh, It pleases Him. It brings glory to Him. It brings pleasure to Him whenever He sees a person who has faith in Jesus Christ. So it's precious in the eyes of God. But it's also precious because of the company it brings us into. Know what He says to those who have attained a faith of equal standing with ours. Now this is the Apostle Peter talking. He's saying, the faith that you've got, the people that he's writing to, and the people that I'm preaching to this morning, he says, that faith is just as precious as ours, the apostles. No difference. You're an apostolic company this morning if you have faith. Peter's faith is no greater than your faith. The faith in Jesus Christ is something that's equal among all who possess it. Those who believe in Jesus must understand that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. There's no upper level Christians in that sense. The faith that the Bible speaks about is not like the military where you have ranks. The faith that one Christian possesses in Jesus Christ is the faith that all Christians possess in Jesus Christ. It's hope in a Savior who saves His people from their sins. So it's precious in God's eyes, and it's precious because of the company it brings us into, but it's also precious to the person who possesses it. If you have faith this morning, you have a real spiritual jewel. As you look around our world and our nation, and you look around the city, faith is a rare thing. It really is. It's far now in America more uncommon to find a person who has faith than it's common. Those who have faith have wonderful privileges. They have justification. They're declared righteous in the court of God. Precious faith, my brothers and sisters. To know that a holy God forgives the sins of His people. Precious faith. To know that you're adopted into God's family. Precious faith. The fear of death and the grave is gone. Precious faith. 
No accuser can ever rise up and say anything against you ultimately. Because you'll point to Jesus and say, He bore my penalty for me. Precious faith. The fact that God is working in you and changing you this morning. Precious faith. The fact that God will ultimately bring you home and you will be with Him forever and ever. Precious faith. The Christian faith is known for its opulence. It's excellency. It's riches. The wealth that it brings to the people of God. But secondly, the Christian faith is not only distinguished by its opulence, but it's also distinguished by its origin. Note the words, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now note what he says. He says in this passage that something that's obtained... Now that word in the original language basically means it's something that is received. It's something that is a free gift. It's something that comes to people in the allotment of God. It's not something that anybody in this congregation had by nature. You weren't born with this. It's not something that anybody in this congregation worked up in your heart. Uh, it, it's, it's not something that you naturally possessed. Uh, it's something that came to you from God. That's what the Scripture teaches. The Apostle Paul writes elsewhere, For by grace are you saved through faith, but that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as the result of works that no man could boast. Uh, you may remember Simon Peter. At one time, he was asked by Jesus the words, um, who do men say that I am? And, and so Peter started talking about, well, but some people say you're this person or that person. And, and, but he, he said, but um, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Now, what did Jesus say to him? You made a great call there, Peter. Yes, sir. You got it right. No, Jesus looked him in the eye and said, Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, Peter. But my Father in heaven revealed that to you. God came and opened Peter's eyes and gave him precious faith to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and the Gospel. That's why Peter writes in the first epistle, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why Augustine, the great theologian, once said that men are not convinced to believe, men are converted to believe. I ask you this morning, are you a Christian? Do you have precious faith? If you're trusting in Jesus Christ this morning and He's your only hope in life and in death, 
is because God was gracious to you. And God opened your eyes to behold the beauty of His wonderful Son. Are you thankful for that this morning? Are you thankful for grace? That God would come to the likes of you and me and give us life in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Its origin, it's from God. And anything that comes from God is precious. So it's known for its opulence. It's known for its origin. Oh, but, oh, the beauty of it. It's known for its object. Its object. Note the language. To those who have attained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This faith, is something that comes to people because of the righteousness of someone else. Now, my brothers and sisters, this is the gospel. Our salvation comes outside of us in the sense that we are totally, completely, 100% dependent upon the righteousness of God that has been manifested through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. The only way that God could ever act in a fair manner to deal with our sin was to send His Son into the world. And our faith is in Him. It's in a person. He's the object of our faith. We believe into the Lord Jesus Christ. We enter into union with the Lord Jesus Christ because He has righteousness. We don't have any. A lot of young people in here this morning. Uh, I don't know what ages all these young people are this morning. But we don't have righteousness in and of ourselves. I'm a mess. You're a mess. In and of yourself, you're a mess. You've got nothing to bargain with God. You've got no chips to bring to the table. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm the chief of sinners. I'm the worst sinner than anybody in this room. But a Christian is a person who believes that Jesus Christ is God. Not just a teacher. Not just an example. But Almighty God. And a Christian's a person who believes that God became man. Oh, I, I know that's hard to grasp. The greatest miracle of miracles of miracles.
the second person of the Holy Trinity, the eternal Son of God, ever existing with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, added to His divine nature a human nature because He had to deal with righteousness. All of us in this room, we've never obeyed the law of God one day of our life. Never once. Never one day. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even as Christians here this morning, every day of our life we sin and fall short of the glory of God. But Christ came and He obeyed the law of God perfectly in our behalf. Perfectly. He knew no sin. He was righteous. That's why He calls Him here a Savior. Our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is a Savior? Well, a Savior is someone who rescues someone from a disaster. That's about to overcome that person. Think about it. Uh, there's a hurricane, a stirring, a hurricane of holiness that cannot stand sin. And that hurricane's about to break upon all the sons of Adam and all the daughters of Eve because of their sin. There's a tornado of terror that's spinning against the sons of Adam and the daughters of Eve. There's a fire of furious wrath about to break upon the inhabitants of the earth. Because of sin. But Jesus was the only one who could stand against them. But the wonder of the Gospel is that He did that for others. He became our substitute. He obeyed the law of God perfectly in our behalf and then He went to the cross. And on that cross He bore the wrath and anger of a holy God against sin so that whoever believes in Him would have no condemnation at the day of God's final judgment. So Jesus Christ entered into the world to provide for that for us that which we did not have. And all who believe in Him have eternal life. A precious faith. A precious faith. Is that faith yours this morning? Is your only hope in life and in death that you belong to Jesus Christ? Do you think that your record is something that you can rest on? Mine, I can't rest on it. 
I can only rest upon the doings and the death of another. My Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I was pondering this and uh, trying to think about some encouraging things to say to you this morning, but there's nothing more encouraging that I could say to you this morning than that Jesus is a great Savior. And I'm a great sinner. And you're a great sinner. I'll never forget hearing a friend of mine by the name of Eric Alexander one time make this statement. And with this statement and one other, I will close. But he said this, that God made the Son of His love be... Let me slow down. That God made the Son of His love to become the object of His wrath. That we who were the objects of His wrath might become the sons and daughters of His love. Did you hear that? God made the Son of His love to become the object of His wrath. That we who were the objects of His wrath might become the sons and daughters of His love. So Martin Lloyd-Jones, that I quoted at the beginning of my sermon, wrote this, and I conclude with it. He says, it does not matter who you are or where you come from. If you are a Christian, that is your faith. That is what you believe. You find everything in Christ. You see that without Him you are lost and nothing but in Him you are complete for He of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And then Lloyd-Jones, I can imagine him, he just cried out in, in his sermon, He is my all. Christ is my all in all. He is everything. Jesus Christ. And faith in Him is as precious to my soul because of the amazing things that He has done for me, is still doing for me, and will do for me in the future. Thanks be to God for His amazing grace. Pray with me. Father in Heaven, thank You for a faith that is opulent that You have given to us. We are the richest people in the whole world. Just think about it, Lord Jesus, as I think about it. Uh, the richest man, people on this earth who don't believe in You have nothing. Nothing. At the end of the day, they have nothing. And I thank You for the origin of faith. I thank You that You reached down and put Your arms around us. And to we who believe, He is precious. And we thank You, O Lord God, for the object. We thank You for Jesus. O Lord Jesus, that You would come for the likes of us. We thank You. We praise You. We worship You. We adore You this morning. 
for your goodness to us. Hear our prayer. And bless your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.